Welcome to the Hockey Down Low. I'm Tony Scott, bringing in hockey advisor Ben Wyand to a brand new program. We hope you enjoy it. Today we'll talk a little bit about what Ben does as a hockey advisor. We'll talk about some teams that we've seen in the past couple weeks and some players that we've seen that you might be interested in hearing about. And of course, we'll get to some gossip as well about players decommitting from schools, maybe recommitting to other schools. Uh, this is at the junior level, but also some players that have uh, left Shattuck and might be uh, going to Minnesota State High School Hockey and we'll learn a little bit more about Ben. Hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, Ben, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Glad to be here. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a quite a long time, so it's, uh, it's exciting to kick it off finally. It's finally here. Um, I The premise of this show is uh, I know a lot of hockey <laughs> nerds out there. And they have a lot to offer to the audiences about all the hockey that we see. And you and I have a good vibe. Um, and I always get the, you know, from mutual friends where I was like, yeah, who goes to more games, Ben or Tony? And now I, I always meet my match with you all the time. I'm like, I try to keep up to as much hockey as you see. And I don't see if you're trying to keep up with me. But uh, it sure is a fun relationship that we have talking hockey and that's all we're gonna do instead of what we talk about on the phone it's basically like a phone conversation perfect right perfect yeah you definitely uh i'll give you the game count you <laughs> without a doubt so but i think uh when it comes to uh the travel i think i i get you there you got so. me on travel there's no doubt about that <laughs> um and mounts of beers drank at <laughs> bars you got me on that too because yours like you get you can you can leave whenever you want Right, you know you have your your, your clients and yep. the guys that you want to talk to after the rink, yep. after the game at the rink. So, but once it's over, you're gone. I'm like putting together the brackets for the for the next game or the next day, and it, it never really ends for me. People are like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna be in Moorhead this weekend? We'll go party! And I'm like, <laughs> I am not partying in Moorhead at the Blue Ox. It's like probably one beer in ten years at the Blue Ox. Straight to bed. It's yeah, just it gets going to bed. You got to get up at seven a.m. to broadcast the semis. Like, no, I'm not. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, definitely uh, some long, long ring days out there. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, it's funny, like, talking with some college guys, some junior guys, uh, you know, the deals always get uh, sealed over a couple adult beverages after yeah. the game. So Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, yeah it's, do. it's awesome. Like, the amount, like, you know, the people you get to meet um, and the relationships you build with people all over the country and um, at different different levels, whether it's junior, college, pro, like, it's uh, it's pretty fun to, you know, see everybody out and about. Um, especially now that COVID's over. Yeah. Um, it's starting to feel like hockey again. Last year was obviously a really long year with no college guys in the buildings. Um, I know those guys are excited to be out, as I'm sure you've heard. And, yeah. Um, it's it's fun seeing those guys, like, out at the Fall Classic and uh, the North American League event. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just even 
just even uh, last weekend. Uh, up in Fargo. Fargo. So, yeah, it's been good. All right, so let's learn a little <coughs> bit about, Ben, we won't do this every week, but first couple episodes, just so people kind of get a vibe of who you are. Talk a little bit about your hockey background as a player, and as a coach. I know it pretty well, but I'd love to get your, your take on wh- wh- who you are and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so a little bit of a unique path, uh, without a doubt. So I grew up um, in Rosemont playing youth hockey there. Mm-hmm. Um after Bantams, I had some uh, ankle issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very average player, so yep. I'm not going to oversell myself there. Um, but, yeah, I had four ankle surgeries when I was 14. Um, it was pretty pretty cool. I had a younger brother um, who was coming up through the youth system, and I actually coached his team when I was, like, 16, 17 years old. He was on the, the squared A team in Rosemount, um, which was a pretty fun little group. What group was that? That would have been the 97-98 group. So um, my brother plays at Eau Claire. Austin Dolan was on that team, uh, plays at Augsburg. Uh, Sam Rosini was on that team who uh, plays in Minnesota. And Tim, Tim, uh, Sam's dad was actually the head coach there. Um, so he kind of gave me my first first kick of the can and coaching the hockey. Nicest Sam, what, what was he like as a squirk? Because he's like the nicest <laughs> kid in the world. Uh, really, really good kid. Um, extremely intense. Like oh, as a was, very, huh? very young kid. He, it was kind of funny. Um, he was, he loved his, he had this little routine that he always did. And, uh, he, I'll never forget this. We were at the Fargo tournament and he always wore a Texas Longhorn t-shirt under his gear. Really? And he forgot a shirt and had an absolute meltdown. <laughs> and mom like had to go to Shields or like had to go somewhere and got the same shirt brought to the game. Um, ended up, uh, it ended up all working out for him. But, uh, yeah, that was a really special group. Um, that kind of definitely got me into the other side of hockey from playing. Um, from there, um, I went to UW Stout and I did a lot of private lessons, um, some small group stuff. Um, and that was interesting, great, you know, experience for me, valuable, just learning the, the human element of, um, just coaching and working with the kids and kind of getting into it at a deeper level. Right. Um, and then from there, once I was done, it was like, oh, I want to make money, uh, you know, I have a real job, a nine-to-fiver. Yeah. Um, so I actually got in the commercial flooring business. No way. Bit. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting, very valuable uh, work experience. Um, so I was a project manager there. Um, and from there, I uh, there was an opportunity to coach with the Minnesota Magicians in the North American League. Um, so I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity. I took it. I was there for two seasons. You were an assistant before that, right? No, so I went, uh, I was the assistant for a year and a half, and then there was a coaching change. I was actually the head coach for the second half of the second season. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I kind of really felt like my strengths in hockey were on the personnel side, whether it be scouting. Um, I always kind of had a passion or right, kind of in the back of my head that I wanted to be an advisor agent. Um, but I just didn't quite have the connections or the avenue to get to that point quite yet. Um. So after that, I worked with Cedar Rapids Rough Riders at the USHL for a very brief time, um, helped with one draft. Um, that one didn't quite pan out how we were kind of hoping for a variety of reasons. Um, what do you mean by that? Just um, from a logistics standpoint, um, whether it was, you know, trying to move to CR, I just bought a house here. Right. Uh, the opportunity didn't quite align with kind of what well, So I it wasn't the draft that didn't work no, out. No, 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 no. no it was, oh, like. sorry. It was, like a pr- it was more of a personal thing. Like, it Got just it. didn't quite the stars didn't quite align and the opportunity at first was, was great. And it just kind of wasn't, you know, what I needed at that right. time. Um, and maybe didn't quite fit, you know, where I wanted to be long-term. 
Um, and from there, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to be contacted by Points West Sports Entertainment, which has uh, since been taken over by Wasserman Hockey. Um, yeah. And they gave me my opportunity in the advisory business. So I'm uh, super grateful for that. And uh, it's been three and a half years since that point. And it's been, uh, it's been an awesome ride since. So you say advisory, like how many, uh, what are they called, clients? Is what you would yeah. call? How many clients does, does Ben have today? We're not going to ask who they are. <laughs> I know um, who many of them, all right? I could, I could only name about four. But yeah, 100%. So how many do you have, 10, 20, 50? Um, I'm at about 20 right now. 20. 20 right okay. now. Okay. So. And does that involve talking to them once a week, once a day, once a month? <laughs> How often do you talk to them? Um, every player is different, right? I mean, some guys are, are going through some stuff and need a little more attention, need a little more push, a little more help. Um, so they're obviously, you know, probably getting a little more contact. Um, right. When guys are just buzzing, you know, I touch base probably every week and a half, two weeks. You know, just touch base, make sure everybody's – you know, on the right right path, heading in the right direction and hopefully playing well and doing well off the ice as well and, um, you know, tracking to what, what the, that player's. And do you try to go watch them play? I watch them play a lot. <laughs> Whether it's online or in the building, right? Isn't that part of it is to keeping the client is making sure you're in front of them, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously to me there's nothing, and I think a lot of college and pro guys would agree with me, like there's nothing better than, than watching a game live. Um, right. Like, I mean, obviously spent a ton of time watching Instad and hockey TV and different things, but um, I think getting that face-to-face um, interaction and, and seeing it live just adds adds uh, just a better feel. Like, I feel like I have a better understanding of what the kid's doing well, where they're at. Um, and then, obviously, you know, just getting FaceTime with, with the parents and the player. Like, I think that you need that human element because, um, obviously, everything I do is on such a long, long path, long-term plan. Um you know, and at the end of the day, like, I feel like I get more out of the kids and the kids get more out of the relationship. Um, and I just, I get more scoops. Like when things maybe aren't going as well, like over the phone, it's kind of maybe they'll, not they'll pass you off. right? Yeah. You kind of get yeah. passed off or if you're there face to face, it seems like you get a little more down to the, the nitty gritty of what we're, we're really trying to accomplish. So, sure. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's good. Do you, from, I'm, I'm kind of setting you up on a softball here. Like, <laughs> you also do a little, I mean, you're obviously a former coach, uh, professionally. Yep. Um, do you do a little bit of coaching with these guys? You know what I mean? Like, do you ever let fire one up, uh, fire a kid up a little bit? Maybe. Uh, I don't like not yeah, yell no. at them, but you fire them up like, hey, hundred percent. And uh, that's why because people think of I think of an agent. It's they just they're just telling them everything they want to hear. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of guys in right? the business that do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you know, I always tell tell kids and families like we're all on the same team here, and we got to pull on the rope together. Um, and things aren't always going great, so. If you play really well, I'm going to pat you on the back and say, awesome job. And there's been more than one occasion where a kid uh, gets a little little ass chewing as well and yeah. um, gets maybe a little reality check of what's going on. But, yeah, like I said, the coaching the coaching aspect comes out. Um, you know, I try to do what I can. To, the biggest thing I do um, from a coaching perspective with the kids are uh, try to keep them to their identity. I think especially as the season wears on, kids try to maybe do – do things or kind of get away from what really makes them successful. Um, and so I really try to, whether it's just sending a couple little video clips of an NHL game or finding a couple of video clips of themselves, just be like, hey, like, get back to what makes you you the best player you possibly can be and, um, you know, stick to your identity. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what made me excited about trying to work with that player in the first, you know, in the first, 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 first part. All right. So let me ask you this about um, you get into the situation, you have these, these, t- the 20 clients, whatever, 
what's the oldest one that you have? I mean, is it is it 20 years old? And then what's the youngest ones that you have? Um, right now, the youngest is 07. Oh, yeah, 07? Which is young. Ah, yeah. Which is young. No, I know. no, no, don't. Uh, don't feel bad. We were in <laughs> Rochester, and I told you about this. We were in Rochester in January of 2021. So this yep. was 10 months ago. And there was an agent who showed up to watch an 08. And I was like, oh, my, this kid's a second-year peewee, and he was there yeah. to watch him. And, and if you could do the math, I'm probably who that second-year peewee was. Um but it was that it's the reality of the business. Yeah, so the you know, you're only piece. a year ahead of that, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I mean, um the other thing too is we uh we don't work with a t- obviously I don't work with a ton of ton of players. Mm-hmm. Um so there's uh like I said, I try to be really selective, I try to be patient, um and I really try to focus on, you know, using my time and resources on kids that really, really make me excited, right? Right. Um who I think have a really bright future in the game. Um, so like I said, I don't, I definitely don't over pursue or throw a huge net out there. Um, I try to, you know, really focus on kids who I, I really believe in. And how hard is this job? I mean, people don't think, you know, oh, what a great job. You're in the rink all the time. You know, you're, you're meeting a 14 year old young man who's barely hit puberty and you're trying to project seven years from now where he'll sign his first NHL contract, maybe six if you're lucky, right? You know, Casey Milstead didn't sign his until he was he was a first round draft pick. He was twenty years old. Yeah. Twenty, you know what I mean? Like he signed his second one now, but that's, but like that's one out of a hundred here that are the, of the good players, correct? That are signing that kind of contract. So it's you have to have a lot of patience. You have to have a lot of, uh, you know, persevere a little bit with these guys, and then you got to be right. You have to have a good eye to, yep. to pick kids that will actually, you know, succeed at the NHL level, not just the college level. Correct. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, when we're looking at players, you know, I mean, we try to look at, at everything, whether it's, I mean, there's obviously a certain talent level piece that, you know, intrigues us, but at the same time, it's, it is a, uh, we always talk about it being the ultimate hockey dream to play in the NHL. Like, we don't overpromise. You know, we're like, hey, we think we can generate a path and give right. you an opportunity to have a chance. Uh, but we always talk about where it's, um, like I said, it comes down to everything. Mom and dad are a huge piece. The support system. Um, you know, some people are willing to take a little more risk than others, you know, on maybe looking at outside opportunities. Um, where are they playing now? What kind of coaching are they getting? Right. Um, you know, how big are they going to be? Um, I mean, there's so many factors. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it comes down to the kid wanting to do the work. Um, you know, like I said, we can give them the resources and hopefully some type of a roadmap to, you know, again, have a chance. Um, but, yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, we're, we're definitely a supplemental piece. And that's how, um, you know, we work with the families as an external supplement and hopefully again, keep the kid on the right the right path. Yeah, all right. Well, let's roll up our sleeves and talk a little <laughs> hockey. We've been bragging about how much hockey we see. We haven't talked about <laughs> hockey yet, right? Absolutely. We haven't talked yeah, about yeah. stick-on-puck hockey. So um, the last couple of weeks uh, you've seen, I want to know who, what you've seen and uh, what teams you've seen, what good games you've seen. Um, let's hear it. Well, you were in Fargo last weekend, you yeah. mentioned. What was the name of the event? It's weird. You and I flip around Fargo or whatever. Like, you know, you still, yeah, yeah, it was fall classic. Like, what is it? Let's. We got to kind of like a little bit more slow. So what was the event? Yeah, so I was at the uh, Fargo 4 Showcase, um, which is a U14, 15, 16, 18 event put on by Carrie Eads, uh, who's the general manager of the Fargo Force. Um, really, really well done event. 
Um, just two ranks or how many ranks? Oh, man, they were all over the place. So they had 14s at one rank, 15s at another, 16s at another, and then 18s were in Moorhead, I believe. So the 18s were in Moorhead? Yep, and then everybody, 16s were at Shields and Farmers Union. Yep. Uh, and then the other two groups were in West Fargo. So, yeah, it was it was a great event. A lot of good teams. Um, 16s they, were, were in the West, was it the West Fargo, the brand new one? Both. Oh, that's too, yeah. The vets too. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. So, um, I thought the uh, overall, I thought it was a good event. Um, the 16s was definitely the strongest, uh, strongest division. So the Bla- Minnesota Blades were there. The Blades were there. Blue uh, Army was there. Blue Army was there. Shattuck was there. Shattuck was there. Shattuck wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. And then I saw some pictures, and we'll get to that later. But I think at the were the Ducks there too. You 16 Ducks. Yeah, 16 Ducks. T Birds. Dallas Elite. Uh, breakaway had a team. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I think it was just uh, just kind of a lot of the West Metro guys. Okay. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sioux Falls Power was there. They yep. had a nice little team. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there ended up being. Uh, Kerry, I think mentioned there was like forty three teams in town. So yeah, it was, sounds like uh, a YHH event. Yeah, it was good. It was good hockey. Um, Who were some? T- obviously, the U sixteen Shattuck was probably the best team there, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, seeing, I mean, I wasn't able paper. to, yeah, I wasn't able to watch everybody, but for the teams I saw, they were, they were, the, they were the most complete team. So. Okay. Um, what was the team that might've surprised you? I, I like that Ducks team. Really? I do. Yeah. I think, uh, coach Kim does a really good job. I think they have, uh, some, some really good players up front and then, uh, they have Miles Roberts in the net. So, um, who's, a, was at the development team tryout. Yeah. Um, and was a pick, I think, by Chicago, possibly. Okay. Chicago Steel. He was really, really picked by ever in the Western League draft. So, um, like I said, you have uh, Ty Henricks who can shoot the puck. He was in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, he's for a, a while. 16, isn't he? Yeah, he's an 05. So he was okay. a shot. All right. I would have thought, because he's so big, I would have thought he <laughs> was playing U18. So, yeah, he's back out in Anaheim. Yep. Um, like I said, he, he uh, snapped a couple pucks that were – a little different vibe. Yes. <laughs> for U16 an, level. He's always had an elite shot, yep. even when he was 10 years old. Yep. And then uh, I really like Christian Kim, too. Or Christian Kim as so well. So he's back in Anaheim, too? Yeah. So, he's so he went all the way to Detroit. All the way back. All the way back. And is that his dad or his uncle? or I don't believe there's any relation. No relation. Just complete coincidence. Correct. All right. So he's, uh, he's a fun player to watch. Very creative thinker. You know, really, really skilled. Way more of a pass-first guy. So him and him and Hex play together. And it's I wonder a, if he was drafted in the... In the WHL draft. I don't believe he was, but I know he's a Tri City Tri City pick in the USHL. In the USHL, okay, correct. Yeah, because the USHL, the WHL, it hasn't even had their 2006 draft yet, and they're usually, yeah, but they're usually way ahead. Correct. You know, right now they're only going to be like six months ahead correct. of the USHL here. All right, so you, you saw some teams. I saw. Um, I've only seen a few games, <laughs> and it's all been not in person. Yep. I've been doing been an in person game in a month. Um, I watched uh, some. I watched some of the Ohio State Minnesota women's. I watched the Mankato State comeback against UMass Lowell. You said you watched that one. I did. And then I had to watch some Gophers Mercyhurst. Um, first thing is, I think that Mankato, um, because of their goaltender will be the toughest team to beat this year. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship team, but I, I think they'll be like 
36-3. and three. <laughs> How's that? That's my guess is what their record is going into the NCAA tournament. Some crazy high winning percentage. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to win a lot of games, and they're obviously the favorite in the CCHA. Um, you know, I was talking to, you know, Nodder, the assistant coach there. and um, Name dropping. That's the first yeah. name drop here. I, okay. One of many. Uh, yeah, we're going to do it. Um, but uh, – he was he was uh, really excited about their first six games. So they obviously started like you mentioned on the road in UMass, uh, swept them, which was which was. Then a they great get start. St. Cloud. Then right? they go right to St. Cloud, which obviously they're playing well. And, now they're going up to Duluth. And then yeah, they got uh, Providence on Friday, and then depending on Win how that goes, either got Michigan. Duluth or Michigan. So <laughs> they're uh, they're getting right into it. See how, see where their squads at. That's gonna be well. you'll be up there next weekend. Yeah, I'm excited to go watch that. That'll, That'll be, be really really good. Um, I'll see St. Cloud, Minnesota this weekend. I was I well. super tied into it. I spent some time yesterday. Name drop here, Brett Larson yep. podcast. Um, my takeaway with Brett is he's a super polished guy. He is a very very focused. On Very much. what makes his team good, he doesn't really care. That was one of my takeaways. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He doesn't care. You know, he's got his. Here's who. What? Let's be good at what we do. Yep. And let the chips fall where they may. Hundred percent. I I thought he was a really good interview too. Some of the takeaways I asked him. This one question I asked him. I said at the end. I said, you know what? I see a lot of, and his answer was great too. I see a lot of these guys. You know, like a Pat Andrews who's now coaching at Hermantown. He started in Bantams, yep. right? So these guys they go from Bantams. To, to high school, and we've seen plenty of high school coaches. Carrie, you mentioned, yep. you know, Dean Blaze. They all coached high school hockey, and they got into the college racket. Yep. What advice would you give an aspiring Bantam coach about about you know hockey? And he goes, well, first thing, if they ever see me at a rink, don't be afraid to come up and talk to me. Yep. I was like. That was not the answer I was expecting. I was yeah. expecting some, you know, long diatribe about <laughs> hard work, study the game, you know, something. Yep. He's like, no, come and talk to him. Talk to, you know, Bob Motzko will talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, he went into this whole thing about it. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And it's true. That's true about the college coaches. They want to talk to people, especially guys that want to get into the game and roll up their sleeves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the end of the day, like, yeah, I mean, Brett's, Brett's awesome. He's done a great job at St. Cloud and, um, at the end of the day, it's not to sound cliche, but it, it really is. It's a it's a person business, and it's way more about managing, um, especially at the college level. Like the disparity of talent is so close. Where it's it's he more said about the difference between one and sixty this year is crazy. There's not yeah. a big difference. Yeah, so it's 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 about managing managing the kids and managing the staff and getting everybody going in the right direction and making sure everybody's excited about coming to the rink. And, and it's crazy right now with the portal. I mean, like, there's teams that have 18, 19 forwards. Like, it's crazy. Like, guys are carrying 30 players. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lot of bodies and a lot of personalities to try to get all going in the right direction. And like I said, Brett's as good as anybody at, uh, at managing that. That was definitely came up yesterday. The yeah. portal came up yesterday. A lot of that came up. That we're, you and I, when we have a down gossip week, we will talk portal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. We got an up gossip week this week. And, it's, you know, it's our first show. We better come up with some gossip, right? Hopefully we come up with something. <laughs> but, you know, it's an up week that week, you know, an up week that way. But we'll talk about the portal and its effects. We'll talk about the three next three years where it's going to be a rough go for for kids that are in high school and junior hockey leading into it yeah. it's not going to be easy you know you think you, you got a you get a player like oh yeah he just signed with the he just verbally committed to the gophers or to michigan and and all of a sudden you're just going to wait and you're going to wait and you're going to wait and you're going to wait correct you know even these and i think there's going to be 
a handful, uh, not not this class, the 04s, but out of the 05 group, I think there's going to be a handful of those kids that will have to go through the NTDP and they're going to have to go through to juniors. And not going right, which is customary. If you're on the NTDP, you pretty much have a free ticket. Yeah, you see, yeah, I mean, and you saw that with the O3s as well. It almost uh, happened. Janicki almost had to go to the USHL to Dubuque, and last minute someone yeah, transferred. Yeah, Pastor signed yeah. signed the OHL. Yeah. So, nope. um, yeah, no, it is, it is like, there's definitely a trickle down. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously the kids at the development team, in theory, should be the best kids in the country in their age group, and in those theory. are guys getting pushed out, right? Yeah. Like, it's... It's hard, and um, yeah, I mean, college hockey is is as competitive as it's ever been, and yeah, I mean, guys are able to find ways to supplement their lineup without maybe having to bring in an eighteen-year-old. You know, right. there's a twenty-two-year-old kid with one hundred twenty games of experience who could who can help you know make some push up front. Brett and I talked, you know, we talked about there. We could have talked about any of them, but just because he knew I knew Micah really well, Micah Miller is a perfect example. Here's yeah. he's finished his four years; he gets that plus one year. Well, of course we're going to keep him. Yeah, Kobe Roth and Duluth, yeah, the same thing. Same right? exactly. like, of course we're going to keep yeah. him. Why wouldn't we, you correct. know? Whereas the Gophers, and I, I read a story on, on UMass Lowell, they didn't keep any of their, their seniors, and the Gophers really didn't keep any except LaFontaine, right? Correct. And it's, you know, they would have taken Scott Reedy, I'm pretty sure, but he signed an AHL yep. deal. So, you, you no, 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 no bad business against Reedy. That was a good deal for him, you know? So, and Ranta, I think had another, probably had another two years left technically. Yeah. He was a junior, but But he he had, he was ready. He was ready. (laughs) He was more than ready. Uh, And he made the NHL, made the NHL roster yesterday, which is pretty interesting. All right. So now this is a segment we're going to talk about players that we've seen and, you know, and you know, you went up to Fargo and you could talk about, all the obvious ones, right? There's there's a lot of obvious ones on Shattuck. There's a lot of obvious ones on the Blades that we could just talk about. Yep. But everybody hears about them all the time. Let's talk about some guys that are maybe coming out of a shell or a guy that we you, you kind of like who might be doing some good things this year, whether it's in high school or it's going to be in, in in juniors. Yeah. Um, so one kid who's you know had a really good uh, nine ten months here that I was able to watch on Saturday night was Ben Steves. Obviously, but you only like him because of his name. Right? <laughs> he does, we do have that. Um, but yeah, for me, it's he's kind of been an interesting one. I saw him play when he was in Oakland, uh, Junior Grizzly U sixteen. Yep. He actually uh, played for one of my uh, colleagues there. Um, Is that Chris? Chris Lepkowski. Yeah. All right. Um, and then he moved obviously to Prairie um, and had a great season with them. Mr. Um, Hockey finalist. Correct. Uh, where he committed to Duluth. And um, I had a chance to watch him play one time live last year. Um, and he looked like a kid who was, you know, learning his way through junior hockey. And I had a, I was fortunate enough to see him uh, at summer camp. And I thought he was unbelievable, like the development he's had. And, and he's with Sioux City, right? <laughs> correct. And okay. his, um, his habits have been great. Um, I was actually fortunate enough just to meet him out in the lobby and talk to him for a couple minutes. Like, unbelievable kid. Um, he's been off to a great start. He was really good out the fall classic as well. Um, but like his consistency level, um, he's added some new elements like his grit. He plays a pace. He can make plays. Um, he definitely could play different spots on the power play. Like he's been a kid where I always thought he was, he was, he was a really good player, but he's definitely taken a step forward and he's had some really cool new elements to his game. So I'm excited to see how he does the rest of this year. And I think he's going to be a great, uh, he's gonna be a great bulldog someday. All right. Uh, you said you had another kid from the blades that you liked. Uh, are you going to hold off on that? Jordan Ron? Are you? Yeah. You, I'm, Jordan, hearing, I'm hearing great <laughs> things about him, yeah. but you've seen him more than I have. So. Yeah. So Jordan Ron, um, just talking even with some of the USHL guys, there was a lot of scouts up in fire this weekend. So he's right. talking with some of the USHL guys. Um, I'd seen him a little bit, but uh, kind of to your point, for somebody who maybe was a little uh, 
you know, not as much of a blue chip Off, as some of yeah. these other guys. Like um, USHL wise, there was some feedback about him that was exciting, where guys were intrigued and like you know excited to continue to watch him play and see how he continues to progress. So, um, like you said, he was a kid that's maybe a little bit new for some people who's taken a good step forward and has some creativity to his game. Uh, he's added a little edge to his game. Um, like I said, he generated some offense for himself. So he was, like I said, he was kind of just somebody different. Um, I thought I had a good weekend, some other scouts. So he's an 05, right? So he's playing U16 as an 05. Uh, which means he may not even have been drafted last year, right? Uh, in the USHL phase yeah. one. I, I don't think he did. I don't believe he was. Yeah, so now he's going to be one of those, when you're looking out for that phase two draft, his kid will go pretty high. You want to what, like, in the, and that's kind of interesting. Um, somebody may take a, I still think he, I mean, I think he's probably a year out from that, um, unless somebody would want to put him on the affiliate list. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we'll see. Maybe the we'll see how he has for a year, you know, or his high school season goes. But, um, like I said, draft-wise, yeah, he, he obviously moved the needle for some, for some USHL guys this weekend, but we'll kind of see how it plays out. We did a story this fall, September, kind of right around when the 30-mans were coming out, and we I was trying to write out, in the best language I could, yep. the f- difference between affiliates and the drafts and all this stuff. That article got more reads than <laughs> literally we've ever gotten. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the top five articles. Peter's still blown away. He goes, you didn't write anything in there, and people are reading that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, well, I think part of the reason they're coming for the gossip, they're, you know, where is Thor Buffling going to end up? Where is Zam Plank going to end up? They're, re- they're coming from the high school yep. angle, right? But I'm also educating them about what an affiliate means and, you know, what are the chances that this kid ends up going back to high school. And yep. there, was a, there was a lot to that article. There was, a, you know, there was a lot in the, in the pancake mix, yeah. if you know what I mean. So there was a lot there. But it was very educational process for me to understand specifically that stuff. So when you're dropping affiliate, do you know what that could you explain that for our audience? I, I kinda got it down. Yeah, so at least the six game part, you know. Yeah, I mean the easiest way basically to explain the affiliate is um obviously the USHL has a phase one draft, which is kids coming out of fifteen year old hockey. Mm-hmm. Um the vast majority of those kids are not ready to play in the USHL, so they those teams that select them are able to retain their rights for the future. Um and they go on what's called the affiliate list. Um and so, basically, yeah, the teams are able to retain those kids' rights. There, There is uh, some ways that those kids are able to play some games with the USHL teams. Right. Uh, but, again, the, the primary reason of having the list is that they get their rights for future seasons or hopefully they're there for the full year. Right, so. right. But, like, we got Zam Plant is an is a affiliate kid. So he'll Correct. play six games. Will he only play six games? That's the big question. Because it's it's assumed he's going to play before and after, and they're going to play more than six games between September first and and November fifteenth. So is they just going to kind of just plot around then? Yeah, potentially. Or um, will they just take him off the affiliate list and put him on as a player? So yeah, he potentially could be moved to like the full like the twenty three man roster, twenty five or whatever. The Which USHL would seem had. silly if he's going to go play two months, two and a half months with Herbertown, right? You can go back and forth. So there is ways they can adjust the list. Um, okay. The one thing with the USHL is basically if they want to do something, they can find a way to do it. So uh, Awesome answer. <laughs> awesome answer because yeah. I'm reading the rules, and I'm like, how is he going to play six games? What a yeah. waste of time to come down here and play just six games. Yeah. So he probably will play more. Yeah, you can shuffle the deck lots of ways to, to, to get creative, to get guys where you need them to go. And um, at the same time, there's also a un- unlimited affiliate player 
that they created a while ago. Nice. Where a team can identify that. So, like I said, there's <laughs> there's a lot of ways to. Uh, the USHL is very good at uh, creating ways for uh, for players to get in games. Well, so. this is actually a really good segue into our final the gossip section of of the show, <coughs> and that is. Carson Limesand was traded. Is that the word they use? Traded from the Northeast Generals in the NAHL to Muskegon. Correct. He wasn't traded. He was purchased. But they don't want use that word, right? Or they were, or he, he was, was acquired. Acquired, right? Acquired, I think, is the official. And is there some type of rules about that? I mean, do they pay for that player? Because, I mean, Northeast is going to need a goalie. They just lost their number one goalie. Correct. Yeah. So um, there are there are set rules, just like there's set rules for uh, going to and from Canada. Like, say you were a Minnesota kid going to the BCHL and wanted to come back and play in the USHL. There are you know like rules with the transfers of Hockey Canada to USA Hockey. Um, but yeah, in terms of the USHL to the North American Hockey League, um, I would have to double check. I know at one point, once the season had started. There basically was no rules on financial gain for the teams. So okay. North American League teams potentially could charge $10,000 for a player if somebody was willing to pay for it. Right. Um, or, again, I don't know if they've, since since I've gotten out of the league, if they've come up with rules um, that kind of regulate that a little bit, where it's yeah. like, okay, here's the price of a player coming up, et cetera. Um, but at the same time, to be honest with you, like, I'm excited to see it, the move because naturally there is that friction between the leagues, player movement-wise, because yeah. – yeah, you're you're giving up in potentially your most uh, important player. Well, the, um, the reason I bring it up is because it's like, well, what's the point of having a draft in the NHL if you take a player, you own his rights, and you get zero compensation from the league that's above you? Cor- correct. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's it's about the kids, yeah. right? And that's like that's how you have to justify it, and that's how when I was coaching in the league, we justified it moving kids up. Uh, Matt Denman was a player, 98 D-man from Prior Lake. Yeah. He was with us for the first half and went to Cedar Rapids and, and a plane in Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, without a doubt, when Denny left, our team did not get better. Um, but at the no. same time, it was the, it was, best, it was for the best for the kid, right? And, and everybody has a different philosophy on it, and I understand, you know, at that level it's hard because you're coaching for your job, right? Like, so you need to have your best guys, and you have to win games, and – uh, all those types of things. So it's definitely a fine line, and there's definitely some different philosophies um, on that from organization to organization. Uh, but like I said, I, I uh, Brian Erickson Northeast definitely has a player first mentality. So I'm glad he was able to give Carson that uh, opportunity. Uh, opportunity, and it was definitely a welcome to the USHL moment. Yeah, out for against uh, the NTDP 18s here with Muskegon first game. So he got smacked around pretty good. Yeah, didn't he? get get peppered and tight. So well, that's um, good for him. Yeah, you know, he good. played four years of high school hockey, or three and a half if you count last. Can't count last year as a full year. It was it's a correct? It's a goofy year. You know, it really was. I think everybody's development somewhat got delayed a little bit. Without a doubt. Um, all right, so let's talk about some players. Limer moves to Muskegon. Um, is that as a result of them having bad goaltending or him blowing up in the, in the in the fall in their in their tournament? What's that called? The showcase. Yeah. Sorry. I think all these tournaments mixed <laughs> up. All right. Yeah, I think it was both. Um Muskegon's goaltending's been uh, very inconsistent. Um Cameron Corpy's a Western Michigan commit. I mean, he's obviously very talented. Um then they had a uh I wanna believe an O two goalie that was uh from overseas and import, but yeah, just just inconsistent. I mean, I think I've I've seen Muskegon play twice live out in Pittsburgh at the Fall Classic. Like, I think they have a really. I think you know 
Steve Lowe and Jim McGrady put a really good team together. Um, I don't think it's quite clicked clicked for him yet. And I think, yeah. you know, Jimmy would agree with me on that. But at the same time, I think uh, um, their goaltending has been a little little suspect. And um, like I said, hopefully Limesand can come in there and cheer things up. Because like I said, they're they're very talented. Like their back, their blue line's pretty awesome. So and I think they have some good push up front as well. Okay. Um, all right. So we now know that Joe Miller has decommitted from the University of Minnesota, which is not something we can go publish on Twitter, but this is what you're going to get this information. And then I don't think it's really, no, I'm not unearthing anything, but I want to talk about the topic, right? So Joe Miller is an upper third kid in the USHL this year. He's having a good start, right? Yeah, he's playing on the first line for Chicago. (laughs) It's pretty good, right? He's off to a good start. NHL draft pick uh, by Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Gophers don't have room for him next year. Because he obviously wants to participate in college hockey next year, which basically opens up this this whole Pandora's box of how hard it is to make it into NCAA upper division teams. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of factors that go into these decisions. Um, whether Minnesota had room or not, at the end of the day, I think every college would agree um, if they have a player who's going to be a difference maker for them, uh, you can create room. So, and not saying Joe's not a difference maker. Um, but at the same time, maybe Joel kind of didn't like where he saw his opportunity level potentially was going to be. Um, you know, again, maybe Minnesota wanted him to play another year. Right. And Probably Joel was did. like, no, I don't want to do that. So, um, like I said, it, I think it was, from what I've kind of heard, it was a mutual breakup um, for, for whatever reason. But, yeah, there's definitely a lot more um, to some of these decisions other than just – you know, the kid wasn't good enough. No. Or there wasn't, you know, there isn't room for him. Like I said, it's, uh, like I said, I think there's definitely some some on both sides there. All right. Speaking of the Gophers, the Gophers have a decommitment of Jake Persini, who's actually just got traded, right? Did Jim Skegan. Jim Skegan. Uh, who got, who, who did Fargo get in exchange? Uh, I am not 100% I don't remember. Sure I, I saw the tweet. I think I even retweeted it. Okay. Um, and he'd been doing quite well in Fargo, right? Yeah, he came in as a free agent last year, um, made their team out of camp, and uh, had a really good year. Yeah, and I think he's a kid that no longer committed to Minnesota. What options does a kid like Brissini have with only one? He's got six months to go before he's going to get a, pick up another college commitment. Yeah, I think for me, he's a – that's a great question. Um, I think he's a <laughs> – I gotcha. I know. I'm just I, – like, to me, he seems like a guy – I'm assuming he's going to want to try to be have a little bit of a bigger role, right? To me, he's a kid, depending on uh, what kind of scholarship money he's looking for, what kind of opportunity he's looking for. Um, like I said, to me, I think he fits somewhere in, well, like at a CCHA school. Yeah. Um, where, again, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity to have success. And, I mean, he still can shoot the puck yeah. at, a, at a really high level. So he definitely brings some value and can be a power play guy for somebody. But, um, yeah, like I said, I just think uh, his – development path kind of you know was a little bit unique I think in terms of he uh flanned out there for a little bit at one point but now um, he's kind of back on and the now rise. he's kind of he's kind of back on the rise but it's just and that's the the hard dynamic of college hockey right now is he's running out of time he's running out of time he really is he's running out of time Correct. he's got six months to blow up yeah and he's playing in the uh what would be the eastern division which Correct. if you ask me is a much easier division 
It's much more open hockey. Correct. Yes. Easier division to, to score some goals. Without a doubt. All right. I, I, we agree on that. I, um, yep. There's some other things we disagree on, which we'll get into <laughs> on the show, I'm sure. Uh, okay, so we got Brissini. But it also leads, when you talk about 01 Minnesota kids committed to the Gophers, I got three more here. You got uh, Pianimi. Okay. Uh, Garrett's got in his last year of junior hockey. Is he Sioux Falls still? He is still in Sioux Falls. Okay. Um, he's got no more time left of junior hockey, so it's now or never for him. Yep. Um, we're now or never on Nate Warner, another St. Cloud kid. Yep. Um, and we're now or never on John Middlestad. Youth seem to think, Mr. Gossip Guy, you seem to think two of those three are coming in. Can I predict who those two or three will be? Go for it. All right. I think that Pinimi's got a shot. I mean, he was a remember he was a St. Cloud commit to Bob, so so was so was Warner, right? Correct. I'm thinking that Warner hasn't played enough hockey just in the last two years due to injury. I don't think there's any way he can end up playing college hockey next year at the Big Ten NCHC level. If he if he can grab any type of college scholarship or position, he should take it. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that. All right. And then last but not least, Johnny Middlestats tied to his brother Luke. I think that he'll be leaving Green he'll be done after he'll be coming to the Gophers after a year with Green Bay this year. I would agree with that as well. I oh, think we uh, agree again. This yes. isn't very fun. I know. We got to really get after each other. We will. <laughs> when we start talking about high school hockey and USHL, we'll, uh, there'll, there'll be blood on the, the table here. Situation by situation. I That's know. right. That's right. All right. Here's some good scoops. We got two more good ones here. Okay. Uh, Cal Thomas was committed to Vermont for maybe a year. Uh, and then I hate to say the word blew up because I've always loved Cal's game, uh, but had a good senior year. Um, he didn't make Mr. Hockey finalist, I don't think. Um, but was drafted by the N- in the NHL, um, and slowly but surely he's had a great fall so far. Uh, where is he playing? Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. As well. Okay, so he's in Sioux Falls. Um, I've heard now he's decommitted from Vermont and is on the open market. Has at least two visits confirmed in my brain. One is North Dakota and one's Minnesota. You hear anything different besides that? Uh, I have also heard that. He went on a visit to Duluth, and there may be there may be one other one. We'll see. I know I know there's a lot of lot of teams kicking the tires right now. Well, think about it. You got to. This is the perfect defenseman, right? He's athletic, but he's not a puck rusher, right? So he he fits all of what you need to compliment. If you want to compliment Brock Favor, put Cal Thomas next to him. You know what I mean? You want to compliment a Scott Prunovich type? You know. Put Cal Thomas next yep. to him. You know, he's going to look good against – he's going to make a lot of other good defensemen look really good. Correct. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's getting power play time in Sioux Falls. Like, I think yeah. people maybe sleep on his puck skills a little bit um, just because, I mean, Maple Grove, he obviously was playing with Elias and Henry Nelson. Like, those guys were up in the rush a lot where maybe he took a little bit more of a backseat seat role. But, um, like I said, at the end of the day, like, he can shoot the puck really well and – I think his, I think he can break the puck out. I think he has good vision. I think he has second level vision on, on breakouts and things like that. And I do think he can generate a little more offense than maybe um, some people have seen in the past. Um, it's it's there. It just like I said, he's he's taking a nice step forward and his defending is is getting better. And um, like I said, he's transitioned fairly well to the USHL. I think that his 
balance is what's the most underrated part of his game. I mean, he's one, not one of these kids you can really throw off. He seems to always be on his feet. He always seems to always be in a really good uh, athletic posture when he's playing the game. Where you see some of these guys that get a little bit loose, yeah, they get thrown off. They're on their they're on their knees. They're on the ice a lot. The kid's rarely on the ice. He seems to always seems to have complete control of his game when he's out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's he's a big kid, and uh, you can definitely tell just uh, from from where he was, you know, in February, um, to where he was this fall with Sioux Falls. Like his body's changed in a good way. Like he's definitely put on some good muscle and leaned out a little bit. Um, and he's starting to kind of look a little bit more like a man and maybe a little less like a yeah, a little less like a boy. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, too, the biggest thing for a lot of kids, and I think he's starting to really grasp this, especially playing on a team like that where. There's so many pieces, um, and maybe you don't have to be at the top of your game every single day. Like to me, the biggest thing for him is there's way more drive to be impactful, right? Um, and that's why I've seen out of him so far in Sioux Falls is he know like they need him to be good, and he knows that. And there's just way more urgency on the puck, way more urgency defending, um, just way more drive to be a difference maker on the ice. All right, we promised a 45 minute show. We're at 44 minutes and like 10 seconds. Let's wrap it last up. Last one. Last one. Will Scahan, a uh, kid who is from Boston and L.A., moved here in his squirt, last year's squirts, uh, played in the show for me uh, for Great Plains, known the family a long time, ended up at Shattuck uh, last year, left Shattuck here in the last couple weeks. Yep. All signs point to him going to St. Thomas. Kevin, that, that's not a for sure. I'm not busting that out as a, as a scoop. Um, he's in, he's trying to enroll. He's applied to St. Thomas Academy. He's playing for Blue Army last weekend. What did you see? Did you see him play? Did you see that team play last weekend? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, How'd he look in that uniform? I mean, it's, I haven't seen all I've seen is Shattuck the last year and a half. D- different, different for sure. Um, but no, I thought, I thought he had a good weekend. He played well. Um, I thought their team had a pretty good weekend and, um, still the same player, right? Like still defends hard, can shoot the puck. Um, he was getting some power play time on their on their one unit. So I thought overall, for being a, especially an underage kid, and and they uh, they played some pretty good teams. I thought he I thought he had a good showing. He held so, his own. Yeah, sure. was he on that U sixteen team? He is playing up. I knew yep. he wasn't prep, but I knew he wasn't fifteen, so I assumed he was on the sixteen Correct. team. All right, uh, what do you think of him coming back here? I think he changes whatever team he ends up on. That team will be it become extreme, much much better. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's a great piece to he's a great piece of the puzzle. I is think he six two. You think? Oh yeah, he's or big, bigger. He's a big kid. Yeah, okay. he's he's a big kid and likes to play likes to play hard. So yeah, whatever wherever he ends up, I think uh, he will without a doubt be be an impact impactful piece for that team and um, he'll be able to play special teams five on five right out of the gate. So I saw the reason I asked the six two is because I I only saw him play U fourteens and he was super tall, but. Six two is you know, there's a lot of five foot eight. There's, you know, Gavin Core <laughs> yeah. doesn't look. You know, he's about yeah. five six. You know, yeah. so he looks. He might have been. He could be six four as far. As, he looks six four out there, but I don't think he's that tall, is he? Yeah, I don't think he's quite that tall. But uh, he's he's another one too. Um, he's he's put on some weight and he's he's a big rig out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he but. can shoot and he can defend. He can rush. He yep. can pretty much do it all. So if you haven't seen Will Skahan play and he ends up in a MSHSL roster sometime, go out and see him because he's a a good get for whoever seems to get him. Thought it up. All right. We're going to reconnect in a couple weeks. We're going to go watch some more hockey. Uh, anything you want to finish the show up with? Uh, no, thanks for having me. Got it was uh, it was fun. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to be back in a couple weeks and 
Hopefully we have some more scoops. We will have some more <laughs> scoops. For uh, Ben Wine, I'm Tony Scott. Thanks for tuning in to the Hockey Download.